Extra, extra, read all about it. Yaman, back from Jamaica, giving you the news extra. Bill, I was gone yeah. for the week. I thought I was going to give you guys the ball and let you run with the news, but no. I don't know what happened last Friday. We are doing legal work, I guess. Huh? I can't even remember what was going on. It is lawyer talk. Yeah, I Sort know. of legal work, isn't it? Well, anyway. It was this, tough. This is uh, lawyer talk bringing you the news. This is the, uh, you, you, you can pry yourself away from all that other nonsense news. No more CNN, no HuffPost. What is HuffPost anyway? I don't even know. Bright bar. What is this stupid fake. stuff? Fake, fake. It's all fake, fake news. It's all fake except for here at Lawyer Talk. Just, just ask the apprentice. You know what else is fake news? Yeah, what's that? The belief that you can uh, have an Ohio medical marijuana card and drive to Michigan and go ahead and make a purchase. Makes perfect sense. Why can't and, I do uh, that? bring it back. Well, in, in Michigan, if you have a card, a medical card, valid, and you have your ID license, their law says they will sell right to you. And... Uh, so what's wrong with you getting your car and driving back? Particularly since Ohio seems to have a supply problem. They're a little low. <laughs> They're a little low. Ironically, because before it was legal, there was plenty of supply. It's true. Put the but, <laughs> but now there's not. So what's going on? They got a weed trap. They got a weed trap going on. Is that like a Venus weed trap? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, it could be. It's right over here, right on the border of, uh, is it, uh, I probably should say the name wrong here. What is that? Morency, Michigan. Morency, Michigan. Right there, Morency, Michigan, which uh, has a population of 2,200 people, yet they have three dispensaries. 2,200 people, and they have three dispensaries. Let me see if I can do some math. 2,300 people, three dispensaries right on the border of Ohio. Hmm. I don't think they're trying to sell to Ohioans. No. If you were to ask Abigail Mole, who's a bud tender and manager of the uh, state wellness, says uh, that over 70% of her customers are Ohio. So you can go right there, and it's right on the border. And uh, you go get it there, and as you're pulling out, you go about a few hundred feet. You're not quite to Ohio yet. And then you see the old Dollar General, and you're like, no, I just got everything I needed. I don't need any cleaner from the Dollar General. And there happens to be a sheriff sitting in there, and he pulls out and whoop, whoop, pulls you over. Lights you up. He just Lights happened to up. be looking for Ohio license plates, leaving the bud tender. Is that what they called her? That's what they call her. They call her the bud tender. Leaving the bud tender. Uh, and uh, they just happen to commit some traffic violations, and he just happens to pull them over, and he just happens to find edibles and other THC components. So uh, one of our local news stations here, the old uh, 10 WBNS, did a report on it there. That was where I got the information from. Reliable. And they've got some nice video, and they got some things going through there. And uh, they interviewed a few people that had been stopped. Now, on this, they didn't go to jail, but they did lose their medicine, and they did get a ticket that they're going to have to pay. Yeah. They, will confiscate they will confiscate illegal contraband. They are going to take the illegal contraband. And... Uh, a lot of them just say that there's confusion. They thought it was totally legit, that they thought that they could go there and that it was legal to come back. Well, we put our legal crack team on it here at Lawyer Talk, and we gleaned a couple of things, meaning we watched the news article, or we watched a news story. Uh, so it turns out that Ohio does have a, a provision for this. They're supposed to shake hands with the other states, that is, have an agreement with the surrounding states that, hey, look, will you honor, please, our medical prescriptions for marijuana? And uh, I guess there's, it's all there, it's all in place, but alas, no such agreements have been reached. I'm curious if there have been any efforts to reach an agreement, but there are none. And according to state law, apparently, you're not allowed to go anywhere but Ohio with your medical card to purchase marijuana. Medicaid, 
Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Anthem, they do not uh, they do not reimburse you for the funds on this. You might have a, which it's not a prescription. People like to say it's a prescription. It's a recommendation. And so you're paying cash for it. And right now with our low amount that we have in Ohio, it's a lot cheaper to buy it in Michigan because, you know, their price is theirs. Like what 500 here is only 250 there. So to these people that are paying for this product out of their pocket, you know, to them as well, they're kind of like, well, it's just a lot cheaper in Michigan. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you're going to go where the cheapest pot is. And, and there's a reason it's cheaper in Michigan is because they have a lot more. Uh, we don't have it yet, but you can't do it. Now, I I did find something interesting here, though. Did you, we saw this, this uh, we watched this video before we started this, and they're, um, these officers are getting interviewed, or it wasn't the officer, was it the mayor or some, or prosecutor? Somebody was interviewed. Somebody wearing a suit was and interviewed. And he was stammering. He was stammering a little bit like I am right now. He was stammering and he was saying, well, no, there is no sting operation to look for people buying marijuana in Michigan and coming back over the border. We just happen to have police sitting right across the street on the Ohio side at the Dollar General or whatever parking lot who happened to pull over lots of people who happened to be able to cite the regulations that say they're not allowed to buy it in Michigan, only Ohio, who happened to find lots of this stuff, and it's all coincidental. They're, they're just looking for traffic violators. Speeders. Yeah. Stop rollers, the old California stop. Yeah. You just roll up to it and go through All it. All the influx of Ohioans going to that small town of 2,100 people. I like what you visit. Did like California, pot, California, yep. California pot. stop, just roll through the. Are gotcha. you a California stopper, Bill? Let me come upon a, 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 a stop sign. You roll up on it, and it's clear. Yeah. You just keep going. You are. I'm looking yeah. at you in the eye right now. I call it the Otterbein stop. You know where we live, the Otterbein? Yeah. yeah. That's right. The Otterbein stop is, and I do it, I'm more guilty on my motorbike, but what I do is I'm rolling up to a four-way stop, and I'm like, come to all but a complete stop run, put my feet down, and then, then I go again. I used to do it on my bicycle. Yes. When, when the first time I had a bicycle that required the kind of pedals you got to clip into, this is probably happening to a lot of motorcyclists, I would think, too. You come up to a stop sign. Yes. All of a sudden, you panic and flap sideways, <laughs> just boom. And you just I, look like an idiot. I've seen him fall. Right. I've, I've seen it happen. I've done it. I've done it. So I, I try not to stop. You know, a better way to get the drugs or the marijuana over the state line? How's that? T-shirt launcher. T-shirt cannons. Yeah. Well, that's this uh, one woman was arrested using a T-shirt cannon, apparently, uh, out in Oklahoma. She was sending uh, various forms of contraband over the prison fence using a T-shirt cannon. Uh, and you know, you might think this is no big deal until you listen to the list of the things she was, she was sending cell phones into the prison, earbuds, phone chargers, methamphetamine, digital scales, marijuana, and tobacco. Uh, she was finally caught, I guess, and jailed. Uh, perhaps she needed to upgrade her device. Uh, maybe a drone. I think, Bill, I think, you suggested that might be I a think, good way yeah. to uh, to do it. No, I've, I've heard that. Reinvest that, they that have, money they have... and get, you know, better equipment. Yeah. I mean, I assume that she was selling this stuff or somebody was paying her to do this. I, I hope so. And she could have taken that money and reinvested it. It's capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's it, right. It works. And, uh, you know, I guess that's the other thing we could do. Could you, could you If you lived in Michigan, could you drone the medical marijuana? To the Ohio resident. I'm going to have to say no. And just drop it. I'm going to have to say no. <laughs> I mean, you got it in Ohio. You, I mean. I guess. I mean, when you're in the air, you're flying. I mean, once, once it hits the ground, though, right? Well, I mean, once you, I mean, in theory, there's an invisible border that goes all the way to the, mm -hmm. the heavens. I'm pretty sure that's how Amazon will be delivering the medical marijuana at one point in time is through their drones. By drone? Whenever you just go there and order. 
Order your weed from Amazon. Packages drops in your dude, backyard. Dude. Like a drone <laughs> drop, please. <laughs> you know who's really going to be wanting a drone, uh, drone drop? Because uh, he thought he was going to do 20 years. And then after he overacted and decided to yell and throw a fit in the court is our man right up here, uh, Mason Bryant, 32 years old. He appeared in Lake County Common Pleas Court in Painesville, Ohio. On March 1st, he was charged with abrogated robbery and kidnapping. And uh, after that that went through, he decided that he was not happy with the sentencing that he had received, even though he had seen this judge a number of other times. And so he, he was familiar with he, the courtroom and the judge. And he decided to tell the courtroom, F your courtroom and your racist blank. Yeah. F you. 22 effing years, you rape, racist bastard. And no. uh, he goes through there, and, and he's uh, quite so he wasn't, he quite wasn't yelling. happy. He was not happy with his 20 years. 22 years. 22 right? years. Yeah. 22 years. And then he tacked on and added on, was it another six years? And the judge was like, well, let's make it 28. It's like, it's like the breakfast club. Remember that scene? With the, uh, uh, what's his guy? name? Who was the, who was the bad boy in breakfast club? Uh, Jared doesn't know. Oh, I know, but I don't know. He was, he was one of the, the Sheen brothers, wasn't it there? Wasn't no, it? Uh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get back with yeah, that. Yeah. I can't remember his but name. He's getting, the, he's getting the, Sar- the detention to Sarah school yeah. and, the, and finally he's like, yeah. you want another one? You want another one? You want another one? Yeah, I'll take 10. Fine. Yeah. Screw you. All right. Now you got two weeks. Yeah, I think that, and I think the judge probably could have would have gave him more, but I think twenty eight was the max sentence. He maxed him out. Now yep. I've seen this kind of nonsense in a courtroom before. I've seen people do this, and and I'm Ooh. here to tell you, it may okay. feel good. Judd Nelson. Judd, I was going to say Judd. Yep. It may. That's interesting because we're talking about judges, and it's Judd. Imagine that. Right. What a coincidence. Here on Lawyer Talk, we're you heard the it top first. Top of our game. You heard it first. <laughs> See, what's I've seen that stuff work in court, and it's like it's never worth it. No. You got to tell a judge. To go screw himself, screw herself. You got more time, right? Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. And having done lots and lots and lots and lots of sentencing mitigation speeches in a courtroom, that has rarely worked. I don't think it ever works. Right. I've never had any success <laughs> telling a judge to go screw off. I wouldn't suggest that. That wouldn't be the route I would take. I would uh, ask for lenience. Right. And uh, please, I'm sorry. Please. I've learned my more lesson. Some... I mean, even if you just got really yeah. simple about it, I'll never do it again. Now, they said that they will appeal that and that uh, he was just overcome with emotions, is what his attorney said. And well, it's not like he, he wasn't used to end. getting sentenced. He, well, was, yeah. he just got out of the can for four years, I think, right? And that's why the judge basically said, you haven't learned anything since the last time you were in front of me. Yeah. That's why he gave him the 22. That's taken in the backside. You know, taken in the backside. I'll well, tell you, someone's been given in the backside and uh, Vice, Columbus Vice, CPD. Mm. Yeah, so... This is a big case here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Officer Andrew Mitchell, 31-year-old veteran here of the Columbus Division of Police, he got charged with three counts of deprivation of rights under color of law, two counts witness tampering, one count obstruction of justice, one count providing false statement to federal agents, and if convicted, he could face up to life in prison. Uh, and apparently while acting under the color law, he deprived victims of their civil rights, namely the right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures, says the Department of Justice. Uh, so what he's done here, uh, he's allegedly kidnapped a woman in July of 2017, forced her to perform oral sex on him, according to the indictment. Uh, in the summer of 2018, he forced a second woman to have sex with him, the indictment alleged. Basically, this guy is using his badge for all sorts of really bad things. For 31 years. Do you think he was crooked for the full 31 years, or do you think that it was just something to last, I don't know, 
28 years. Was he, right, I know. It's like, was he born that way? Did it, was it just a condition? I mean, here's what's interesting is that Columbus has now disbanded the entire vice department uh, yeah. of its, of its uh, police division. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I think what happens, it's probably true of a lot of things. I, my dad used to say this. He goes, oh, I, I, you know, I, have no, I never worry about you when you go out alone. I worry about you when you go out with your buddies. Mm. And I think you just get into a culture that, that it starts to go a different direction and slowly you go with it. You end up here on the wrong side of the law and you think maybe you're untouchable and you become really, really bad. Like arrogant too. Yeah. I mean, there's, look, this is, this guy's in trouble. I mean, for good reason. I mean, I think there's nothing more disgraceful than a dirty cop. Yep. I agree. So CPD vice is what disbanded for at least temporarily. They've got to replace it. I mean, they're still going to go after vice type crimes. Yeah. It doesn't mean, Hey, look, yeah. This is not legal advice. If you are out committing crimes that would have otherwise been detected and prosecuted by the Columbus Vice Division, you are still in jeopardy of being charged with crimes. So I think they're still looking, uh, but just not under the guise of the vice department. Crockett um, and Tubbs would never have done this. No, they were clean. Starsky and Hutch, Dude. clean. Perfect. Barney, this guy. Barney Miller. Wojohowitz. Yeah, perfect. Barney Miller. Yeah. That was one right there. Remember Fish? Mm -hmm. Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda. Guy looked like he was 80 years old when he was... Who was the Asian guy who made the coffee? He, he always used to eat his... Uh, he, like, he'd be chopsticks and he'd accidentally eat his erasers. Yeah. When he when he do that... <laughs> the, 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 in, He's in, in the Godfather, too. Yeah. 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 Who was the Asian guy who made the coffee that was bad? He died in... I remember he died during the series. It was a really sad episode. I don't, uh, I don't recall. I know Officer I mean, Harris was on there. We dated myself back that I knew the show. That yeah. was good enough. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, Hill, Hill Street you. Blues here. Hill Street Blues, A couple of those yeah. guys may have done it. You guys be they careful out there they had, a couple, they had a couple crooked ones in the Hill Streets. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, this guy, here's, a, here's what we're going to do. We're going to follow this a little bit. We're going we're gonna to chase this case around here on Lawyer Talk. Because they didn't bond him out. He's, he's being held in. No, he's being yeah. held in. And, and here's what else has happened, I think. I'm pretty sure I saw an announcement out of the city attorneys that uh, there's lots of cases getting dismissed mm -hmm. as a result of this. So they've gotten oh. rid of Vice. Um, they, here we they've go. dismissed all of them. Actually. So like if you were sitting in the can and they were working on the on your case, that you got a you got a chance of. Uh, Saying, hey, they were, I told yeah. you that they were making it up and you didn't believe me. Yeah, Zach Klein made the decision, I guess. Yeah, probably along with Gunther is probably involved with that. Yeah, too. Zach Klein says, my office will be dismissing all open and active cases that solely involve Officer Mitchell. Uh, even past convictions uh, could be included. Uh, now, that's a, that's a dicier story. Um, if those individuals have evidence that it was not known to the prosecutor at the time of their convictions as it relates to Mr. Mitchell, please bring that forward and we will review those cases on a one on one basis, he says. Um, now, here's the. You know, they said, we don't have a time limit on active or pending cases. We're going to continue to look at them as they come up and review them actively or proactively to make sure that it is solely Officer Mitchell involved, and we're going to be dismissing the cases. Um, man, I see all sorts of, that, that is wrought with peril. Yeah. Absolutely wrought with peril. I mean, what he's saying is, if you think that something bad happened in your case and we didn't tell you, come forward and we'll talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Right. It's like, listen, dude. <laughs> It's the city's job to give me a fair shake. You didn't do it. And you want me to know, right, about the evidence you didn't tell me? Yeah, that doesn't work. And then come make statements to you. And then come make statements and say, well, I mean, look, the city's gonna have to take a stronger You're stance on to. this. I think, or no stance would be better. But right. to say, come forward and we'll discuss it with you if you think you have a problem. Mm -hmm. What if you're sitting in a damn can yeah. and you don't have? I mean, how would you even know? I mean, I think. Look, I think it's, they got to be. They they better be talking about reviewing every case that this guy has been involved in at least on some basis, to, to say, 
look, we looked at they him, have and, to. And, and there were other cops here, so other evidence was there. I mean, this is a mess. I mean, their own internal affairs couldn't go through with it. They had to get the federal. Yeah, so the feds the, came the, the federal, the Fed had We'll to keep you in. guys informed. I mean, there's going to be more to this story, too. I mean, we thought I them going out rogue doing the motorboat with old Stormy Daniels was bad. This sounds like... This is they, bad. They, this is yeah. bad. This is dirty stuff, and this is like tip of the iceberg stuff, too. You always, you always think, how could it just be one? It can't be yeah. just one. How could that possibly be? You know, there's, there, you yeah. got to be thinking more. Sort of like up in Massachusetts, where 7,500 people were notified. Now, this is more like it. So Massachusetts, they've apparently found some corruption in their forensic science lab, drug testing lab. So they sent out a notice for 75, to 7,500 folks that their drug convictions will be overturned. Um, it's just the latest chapter in a fallout from two massive scandals that have unleashed chaos in the Massachusetts court system and have called into question the integrity and fairness of forensic science. Now, what's going on in Columbus is sort of akin to that, except it's a bad dude, not a bad lab. Now, there were probably bad dudes in the bad lab. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think at least they have taken a proactive approach at this. <laughs> and, and despite saying they're taking a proactive approach, and I think uh, you know we know I know we know these guys. I think they mean well here, but I think really this is going to this is going to require a deeper dig than simply mm-hmm. saying come forward and we'll take a look. I think this is really really there's going to be lawsuits filed. This is uh, this is going to be a mess. I think so too. But that that, that in Massachusetts, what seventy five hundred seventy five hundred people Jeez. were notified, and that's on top of some other stuff that happened recently too. So I don't know. It's a mess. It is a mess. Another thing that's a mess, in Arizona, a healthcare worker was arrested for sexually assaulting a sedated patient. I know that recently we may have talked about it, about the one woman that had been in a coma for so yeah. many years. Magically and, and pregnant. Mag- magically pregnant. Immaculately pregnant. Yes. Well, uh, police said Xavier P- Perez admitted to the assault. And though he said it was a one-time occurrence, they are worried that he may have other victims. An Arizona medical uh, center staffer was arrested Wednesday and accused of assaulting a patient who was partially sedated, police say. Prez, 38, was caring for a 48-year-old woman after she was treated for back pain. And uh, so in there, she, she was uh, semi-coherent when uh, he started sexually assault her. She, uh, the, they, she reported it to the police, said that she was regaining conscience after treatment in June whenever the alleged crime happened in Scottsdale. Now, on that right there, there's, got, I mean... If you're if we're catching these couple stories and you've heard them before, you know, I mean, and I've seen where like dentists have sedated and mm-hmm. and then you've got, you know, I mean, just it's you really put your faith and and care into these people's hands. I mean, I've had knee surgery. And if you go in on that, you know, I'm going to get sedated. I'm going to go down. Next thing I know, they're counting from 10 backwards. and I wake up and yeah. the surgery's over and everything's right. done. I cannot tell you what had happened you know, mean in the hours that I went blank, that I missed out on. No, this is scary stuff. And if you happen to be a female, it's like it's even scarier, right? To think, yes. to think that uh, this kind of crap is going on, and and you got no, you don't, it could happen. You don't even know, and uh, it, it just is. It, it's it's scary stuff. It's I hate I hate sedation. First of all, sometimes it's necessary, but I hate it. Secondly, I hate people that do this kind of stuff, and he ought to be absolutely castrated. Speaking of testicles, by the way, not to change the subject, don't order the salsa. No salsa. Don't order the salsa. Because it turns out there is another guy, a food delivery guy. So have you ever had food delivered? 
I mean, I've had food delivered like from Domino's or from the the stores, but I know that out now. No, back in the day, there was I think it was Cafe Courier was one of the first ones that that popped up, and there'd be multiple. Uh, you could call Cafe Courier, and they could get you Fridays or Applebee's and a few things like that. Now you got Uber Eats, Uber You've Eats, got, Amazon's uh, got one, door to door something. There's there's a, there's multiple ways that you just call these, well, and uh, then they go get your Big Mac. If you happen to be in Knoxville. Don't get your food delivered by Howard Webb. Or if you do, you should tip him well because apparently offended by a uh, a small meager tip, less than a dollar, I guess, an 89-cent tip. Uh, Howard Webb was a driver for dinner delivered, uh, food service deliver, or food delivery service, when he allegedly put his testicles in an order of salsa that a customer had ordered from a Mexican restaurant. Um, uh, Webb, in a video... So he's actually got this on video. So he videotaped so, it. So that's right. What do of you do? Of course he does. Let's document it, right? <laughs> so in a video published by a news station down there, we could show the video, I suppose, uh, he is seen seemingly putting his testicles in a cup of salsa. Someone else in the vehicle identified as the delivery driver is heard giggling and saying, this is what you get when you give an 89-cent tip, no, cents tip, for an almost 30-minute <laughs> drive. Oh, it feels good on my testicles, Webb replies. Uh, so not only does he do this, uh, he does it on tape. Now, what's interesting is the, the dinner delivered, trying to protect themselves. They claim this was only a rogue independent contractor. Well, That's the rogue. statement they, they release. <laughs> well, this is just a rogue independent contractor. We have nothing to do with this. Don't worry about ordering our food service ever again. I think I'll just get Domino's. Yeah, get, and some I, of these deliveries, like who who gets McDonald's delivered to them? I mean, uh, sometimes when you if you order from McDonald's, you fifty fifty chance that the fries are hot. You know, I mean, you you, you really want cold and maybe and, when you're and, drunk and can't drive, you want some fast food. I, I guess know. you know. You know? But you know, I mean, I, mean, look, I don't. And then the guy's a mess. He's in his car dipping, you know, dip dipping the jewels. That's in what the I sauce. don't understand. I mean. W w where did he get his real enjoyment out of this? I mean, yeah, you or, gotta, order the extra hot salsa. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, just to keep up on it. They're warning. Warning. Might be hot on your testicles. <laughs> should, should, should you choose to engage in such activity? I don't know. I mean, what do you do? I mean, it, it could, it, when I was partying, if I could have just hit a button on my phone, I didn't even know phones exist. I mean, yeah. I mean, this stuff didn't exist, and say, Man, I'm hungry. Wouldn't you like some McDonald's Mickey right D's? now? Uh, no, we can't. We're too drunk to drive. No, we'll just order it. Yeah. Mr. Wells will bring it to us. That's what they do now. Hot off his testicles. Speaking of guns, if you got one in your jacket and you're a new up-and-coming country singer and you're recording a uh, music video in Houston, Texas, take your gun out of your pocket. Or you could be ju like Justin Carter here and uh, gun went off in his jacket. While he was uh, in his pocket, while he was shooting a video, caught him in the head. And now caught he's him in down. the head. Caught him in the head. When I heard this story, I thought that it was going to be a prop gun or something you know, that, that, you know, this guy was shot. Right. Some Acc sort of accidentally, freak accident. Some sort of freak accident. Well, the freak accident was is that uh, he was shooting a music video there. And, uh, you know, Michael Jackson had his hair catch on fire there for Pepsi. This guy here, he shot himself in the head. You know, so uh, properly store your gun. I mean, what's Put it? the safety on. Put right. it in the holster. I mean, there's no information. We didn't get any good information on this about whether he, like, was threatened 
I mean, did he need he a did. firearm at the time he's filming a music video? With tons of people around? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I he did. Maybe it was a prop part of the show. No, no, this was his so gun. So why not load this it was, up? This was, this was his gun in his pocket. Let's keep uh, the safety off just in case. I mean, it takes, what, half a second? Speaking of cows running around New York City, did you see the one in Bronx where this uh, wayward cow was corralled by the New York PD on a Bronx highway? No. You'll be happy to know the cow is now safe and will now live. <coughs> so the cow is now safe and now will live out her days in an animal sanctuary. So apparently emergency services unit officers wrangled the cow off exit 6 of the major Deegan Expressway around noon last Tuesday. Authorities said she was fine, healthy, and just after having a big adventure. She has since appropriately been named Major Deegan. That's big mm-hmm. news. So we can thank the animal rescue folks up in New York for saving yet another cow. Uh, it's going to it's gonna now have a great life. She's going to be on 232 green acres and have a nice life. Sounds better than the streets of the Bronx, right? That's you know, they're going to the farm up in the sky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go up there and just wander around and, and, and eat the grass and eat a dandelion or two here. Out to pasture. That's it. As it turns out. Now, I, old Bill brought up some new good news to me. I know we brought it up before here, but uh, today is the day that uh, Motley Crue's Netflix oh, video yeah. is getting released there, The Dirt. The Dirt. So if anybody wants to tune in to some uh, debauchery, it's uh, it's going to be on the air. Man, I understand those guys. I've read part of that book. It's crazy. Just lived in utter, just total, uh, just absolute chaos. They partied hard. Drug-induced. I mean, there was this one where they were, uh, did I read this story correctly, that they had a bet who would who could go longer without showering? Was yes. that Molly Crew? Yeah, yeah, that was Molly Crew. Yeah. And, and continue to hook up with the ladies. Yeah, I mean, it's like, just so grotesque. They just wouldn't shower for like over a week, and they would change their clothes. Or, oh, it could have been, was it months? This went months, from what I from what I read. I mean, it, it is it is nuts. Well, maybe they'll have that in this uh, dirt. Who knows? Hopefully yep. they'll have them snort Nance with Ozzy Osbourne. See, imagine That's if, what I want to see. Imagine if they had smartphones then. Oh, could you imagine? I mean, these wouldn't be documentaries. I mean, these would be like these, real footage. Right. Yeah. That, that just, uh, that'd be scary stuff. Either way. Uh, you know, on a, on a more, I, I guess, uh, serious note, not that Motley Crue isn't serious <laughs> business, uh, there's just been this shooting up in New Zealand. You guys follow that. Obviously, everybody has. When I was away in Jamaica, I saw uh, a lot of this was going on. It, you know, this is this is awful stuff. You get this this dickhead white supremacist goes in and kills a bunch of people with a gun, and now we have um, New Zealand has banned all assault. Well, there's a let's agree what they banned: all military-style semi-automatic weapons, assault rifles, high-capacity magazines. They will all be banned in New Zealand following the mass shootings. Um, what a horrible event! You know, so when you say military style, what is the definition of military style? Is there a definition, or is it a vague kind of <sighs> just a broad brushstroke there to to because there's a lot of different styles of military weapons, yeah, from handguns to assault rifles to automatic weapons, which I'm sure they didn't have legal automatic; they may have had legal semi-automatic. Yeah, they had. Uh, they agreed to overhaul the law and ban military-style semi-automatics and assault rifles. Uh, so, you know, that's always been the problem I have. Now, we had that AR-15 ban here in the United States. Yep. It, you know, it's it, that's the problem. When you start saying words like assault rifle, it gets really difficult to define that. Um, I mean, I have a whole host of rifles that I could assault anybody with, and they would then become, I guess, assault rifles. Uh, but I think what they're talking about are the scary-looking ones that uh, have uh, 
weird or scary or dangerous looking clips and or uh, grips and uh, barrels. But now, I mean, here's here's the thing. I mean, I'm not. I don't think we need to turn this into a gun control debate. After all, this is a news extra. But uh, this is this is the problem. I think you've got this guy who is clearly a lunatic and uh, clearly a, an evil whatever. But uh, now he is he has done something. He released some manifesto that said he mm. wanted to, to spark a debate about uh, gun control and everything else. So I'm appreciative of of the people in New Zealand for not mentioning his name, not bringing his name up and not giving him the fame that at one point because right. you don't think that you're really going to get away with it. You're going to. Kill until you're. He was on his stopped. way to another another mosque, I think. After this, so, that's how they stopped him. Yeah, he was going to continue on. Yep. And the last thing you want to do is give him fame and fortune. Yeah. Because I just I was listening to a report the other day about how they were trying to say they need to make it illegal for people to collect artwork from like serial killers, because mm-hmm. there is a whole market in his sales and a thing on that. I forget the serial killer. He was a he was painting. He was a painting artist, and he had drawn a bunch of pictures of of women. They took his art and released it to say, does this look like anybody you know that's maybe missing? And they were able to fix some unsolved crimes by the paintings that this mass murderer had done, a serial killer had done, and they were using it because he was like literally sitting in his cells painting pictures of people hmm. that he had, had killed. And they thought that, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Son of Sam? There was like some kind of Son of Sam law out there to where you're not allowed to profit from your crimes. Mm-hmm. But what people will do is they'll start to become pen pals with them. Mm-hmm. They'll find some high-end uh, crime people and they'll be like, hey, well, you know, send, send me an autograph or, you know I mean, do you do anything? You know, can you send me some of your art? And they will start getting, now they might not be getting paid for it or even know on it, but they are posting up and selling artwork from these different horrific people. Now, somebody's making money on it. You know what I mean? I'm sure that they didn't have a deal set up there, or maybe they do in multiple situations. But on that, that is giving them back the control and everything that they wanted. Yeah. And the fame. Because there's a big part of people that do these crimes. They do want to be infamous. Yeah, they they want their notoriety, and they want to live on forever. And it, once we start using their names and engaging in the debate that they were, they wanted us to, then that's what happens. So, you know, I, in, you know, right. Kudos. Nobody's mentioned. I don't even know the guy's name. I, never I don't know the guy's name, but I don't want to know his name. I've not read the manifesto, although I bet I could if I searched it. But my understanding is what he was trying to do is uh, spark a gun ban, which would then cause the pro-gun folks to raise up arms again and cause a revolution, right? That's that's yeah. sort of what he's trying to do. And, you know, so far that's what's going on, right? They're starting to ban guns. They're starting to do all sorts of stuff. And I guess what happened is he was a, in New Zealand, they have a license. Everybody has to have a license to have a gun. He had a license, but uh, he didn't have a license to have the kind of gun or the kind of um, uh, clip or magazine that he had. So he was already breaking the law. I, I don't know. The whole thing sucks. It does. The whole thing sucks, which sort of brings us to the next story. Did you see... We might as well kick this one around, too. Remington is now getting sued or has been sued for the Sandy Hook uh, mass shooting. And it turns out a Connecticut judge said that they that permitted Remington to get sued. Now, there's been a there's been some controversy over this, right? Because everybody's saying, well, look, Remington, how can you possibly sue the knife maker for when you cut yourself while you're making cookies or whatever you're doing? Uh, but th- this might be a little bit different. There was a— you make a, cookies with knives? 
Well, you got to cut the package. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm just curious on this brand. Yeah, okay. They're not Mama Bees. <laughs> They're not. These are. These are. Pretty, these are. You have to. You have to cut the package. Haven't you ever tried to open one of those things? You can't do it. You got to get the knife. You stick it through, and it cuts your finger. Okay. Gotcha. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Those are very. Now, if that knife were were advertised to kids, hey kids, a perfect utensil to open your cookies. There's a problem with that. Please use us for that. Remington um, had, did they have guns? I mean, what, well, what, were the, what were the ads that they were being pushed I, against? I didn't see it, but, you know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I don't know that I've really ever seen that many Remington uh, gun ads. I've never seen one on television. There's some there's something I'm, out there with advertisement with them. That, I'm that's sure they got to be like outdoor suit. magazines and things like that. I could find them in there. I guess, okay, I, I keep forgetting. We got the whole internet here, huh? Well, so is something on there? I, I guess what happened is there's this is a four to three decision, and um, it challenged the federal liability protections Congress granted firearms manufacturers when it adopted the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, the PLCAA, back in 2005. The law shields gun makers from liability when their guns are used in the commission of crimes and prohibits, quote, qualified civil liability lawsuits. Um which are defined as civil administrative proceedings, uh, which result from criminal and unlaw or criminal and lawful misuse of firearms or ammunition. In other words, you can't sue the gun manufacturer for somebody who uses it to commit a crime and cause harm. Right. Um, now, what the Supreme Court says is that no, this is a wrongful death suit. It was brought by a survivor, one of the fam or uh, families of who was it brought by? Oh, by a survivor and nine families of those who did not survive the attack. Uh, and what they're saying is Remington, based in Madison, North Carolina, advertised the gun model, which is based on the AR-15, in ways that glorified its use to young people and that the weapon is inherently dangerous. So this sort of harkens, or this is a, a little hat tip to product liability, which is where everybody, I think, gets a little bit worried. Now, if, if they're saying they have marketed this weapon uh, in a way that would encourage this, I, I perceive that, legally speaking, as a little bit different issue than saying it is an inherently dangerous product, thereby creating a strict liability scenario against the gun manufacturer. In any situation. In any situation, yeah. right? Because how could possibly, look, there, there are plenty of lawful ways to use firearms uh, in, you know, like, like a knife, like a, uh, or say a chainsaw. I mean, who would expect somebody to stick their finger in a table saw and cut it off? Do you know anyone like that? Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. We'll talk about something. No, no, no. The, the idea is that if the product is inherently dangerous, then uh, that creates a strict liability scenario for products liability. This is like a basic tort law. Not even basic. This is like more complex tort law. But generally speaking, it, I, I find it surprising that you could sue a gun manufacturer for an inherently dangerous product. And when I say strict liability, what we're talking about is they didn't do it with intent. Right. There, there is no negligence and no intent. They're just, they're just liable because it's dangerous. And I guess I'd have to read this, but I guess what they're saying is maybe they're liable because it's dangerous because they advertise directly to in some way that, that made it more likely. So that does bake into that cake, so to speak, a, a mental component, I suppose. But yeah, it bakes into the statute, I think. But it would be interesting if the, if the if this goes up to like the U.S. Supreme Court. It'd be interesting oh, to see this that. is going up because right? I mean it's. It, I don't know. It's a little dicey, I, mean, I think. You know, on the one hand, this guy, this this anti-gun guy is saying it's a victory for the principle that no industry is above the law or above accountability. Um, 
The court rejected the notion that any industry, no matter how powerful, can slam the courthouse doors to victims of illegal marketing practices. So they're still focusing mm-hmm. on that on that marketing, marketing. practice. So and, and I can't say mm-hmm. I disagree with that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think that's the same as saying it's an inherently dangerous product. I think you can market an inherently dangerous product to a group or set of society that that would make it dangerous or to be they, they would encourage it to be used in an unlawful way. So right. I, I think that's a tough burden, but at least they can they well, can try. It just opens a door for the civil suit. It's not a it's not a they didn't deem them liable yet. Now here's what's interesting. I love creative lawyering like this. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean I, I, I think it really pushes the bounds of the legal system. It lets it lets new law develop both uh, it challenges ideas. It challenges. Uh, it, it creates new ideas. I mean, that's what our system is all about, and it doesn't really require government intervention, right? Right. These are private lawsuits pushing the bounds mm-hmm. of what is of what we can do, what the litigation is, and and what does that do? That's going to encourage future gun manufacturers not to advertise in this way, which, which is, is a good, good thing. thing. That's a good yeah. thing. So rock and roll. I'd like to see that. I just see which which it was, what it you know where it was coming too. from. I would too. But now that we got Bill at the table here, we need to find out what the rumble on the streets of Youngstown are. What's going on there? What's, I don't, well, I just I need to know, know. The, I need the word on the street. What's going on there with uh, what do they think about uh, the murder there of old Frankie Cali, their Frankie boy, the leader of the Gambino crime oh, family. I saw that. Did I, you it looks see like that? An amateur. Oh, it was the it amateur was, was involved, it was, man. He he crashed into the back of his car. Yeah. Right, it's an Escalade. He's got his nice Tony Soprano Escalade sitting out there. He comes out. They're talking. He's got the the plate mount, you know, because he hit the car. Bam, 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 bam. Shoots him ten times. Yep. Now they thought it was a hit, but the whole thing on it was it's a, a love struck knucklehead. Who shot him dead after being told he was not allowed to date the mobster's relative? Hmm. Are you kidding me? This came—I didn't see this. So, so this I came didn't out. see this either. Yeah. Yes. So this was not a mob hit. No, no. Anthony—they got, got him there. Anthony Cohen, a 24-year-old uh, laborer who lives with his parents, is in custody in New Jersey and facing murder charges. Ah. Um, yeah. That—that's like that's like Paul Castellano. Choking on a steak at the steakhouse and dying and not getting. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, whenever I heard this too, I was like, man, you know, the last guy did that was the Teflon Don. Yeah. Whenever yeah. he wanted to take over, you know, and they had the guys in the Russian hats walking around. I mean, he orchestrated and we sat there and watched the whole thing. So you're waiting to hear more on this. Well, the neighborhood that they were in, a lot of the houses around have surveillance cameras. I mean, like we live in a world today where you just might as well admit and know when you leave the house, audio, video, everything's being recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they went through. They saw the whole act. They saw the whole act go down. Him hit the car. So it came out. He's probably like, "Oh, you hit my car." He's like, "Oh, it's, you know." And then he got into it, and, uh, and then he shot him. I mean, uh, he he struggled, crawled underneath his car, trying to hide from him. I mean, I'm disappointed. You, you got to know that this guy, the defendant or the killer, is insane because that's not a guy you go screw with, no, right? It's right. Like, you don't no, go. No, the high-ranking mm-hmm. NYPD officials reportedly said he is going to have some issues in jail. Oh, imagine, right? You knock off the boss. He just took out the boss because he wouldn't let you date his cousin. And I'm sure the boss told him before he got killed is, don't you know who I am? Well, look, you don't date the mob boss's cousin. It just seems like a bad idea to begin with. I mean, look, I'm sorry for the cousin, but you don't do that. Right. It's just like, all right, this yeah. is probably one I want to stay away from. Right. Yeah, he was uh, captured on surveillance footage from the mobster's brick mansion in Staten Island. The mob boss was uh, said to have been lured outside when a blue pickup truck crashed into his Cadillac Escalade. 
footage from the property and other footage show them having a conversation, shakes his hand. Uh, he's got his license plate that got knocked off, and then the man pulls out the 9 mil and starts uh, open fire. Hmm. Well, any hits in Youngstown is generally business-related. Well, is that what you well, call that, business? Yeah. It's usually business-related. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Youngstown, they call they that business, take care of not crimes. Right. A little biz. Not crime. Speaking and, of, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. No, go on with the biz. Let's well, get some new biz in here. Speaking of business, um, in Australia, as you know, they do not have guns. Like they have, they, they've, they've boomerangs. They've, they got boomerangs. <laughs> so uh, this guy was lucky. Happened to have a cell phone with him. How's that make him lucky? He was able to block an assassin's arrow. That's right. Um, that was the case for a 43 year old man in Australia. Came under attack by another man, according to the police. The incident began when the, the began when the attacker carrying a bow and arrow confronted. <sighs> the helpless victim outside his house. Uh, the air was allegedly fired after the resident raised his cell phone to photograph the confrontation only for the device to become an unlikely shield for the arrow. So as, you know, the cell phone turned into a mighty, mighty shield. He was trying to document this crazy lunatic attacker who's apparently running amok in the streets of Australia with a bow and arrow. Hunting what? I, I don't know. Poaching kangaroos? I don't know. I, don't and I mean, know. a cell phone's pointed at you. I would assume it's video recording me, so I'm going to take my bow and arrow and... I'm going to break it. Get rid of the video. Get, right? uh, that's right. Destroy the evidence. That's yeah. the defense. I wasn't trying to shoot him. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to destroy the yes. evidence. It's just tampering with evidence, not attempted murder. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's a picture of this arrow going, you know, about an inch and a half all the way through the cell phone. That's why he gets paid the big dollars. There you go. That's creative <laughs> lawyer. But that's a, right I there. mean, that's amazing though. An arrow, that cell, I mean, how big is the cell, I mean, the cell phone's not that big. No. And I mean, it's just, it was the right place, right time. And I saw the picture, that arrow's like dead on. It's right through the camera. So apparently the guy's a marksman. Speaking hmm. of right through the camera, have you guys seen any photos of the Golden State killer suspect they have in custody when they take him to court, they have him in a cage? <laughs> no, no. Is, is, is his name George the Animal? No, no, no but he's, <laughs> he died. He's not George the Animal, but uh, every time he goes into the court, uh, they have him in a cage. Look at that guy. They, they've got him in a cage here, and uh, what they have here is the man wow. accused of being the exclusive victorious Golden State killer was uh, arrested more than twenty years ago in a Super Bowl ticket uh, ruse uh, con concocted by the police to nab people with outstanding warrants. Um, why does he have to? What's, I, what's I, dangerous I'm not about sure why they have to put him in the cage, but he's like uh, like silence the lambs, you know, and they bring him in. Um, so they every time he goes into court, there he's he's uh, he's located in a, in he's got a little like little cage, kind of like you know the Pope goes out. They got the Pope mobile, you know, but they yeah. got the bulletproof glass around him. But they've got him in a cage. That's Pope insane. Mobile. I mean, he's like seventy some years old. He already looks like he's dead. I mean, he he doesn't look like he's doing well. But uh, they put him in a cage there, there to take him to court. <laughs> they wheel him in in a cage. I, I, I mean, it's a big uh, cage. You can stand upright. It's not like they're I have totally never... inhumane, I guess. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about that. Whenever I saw this, I was like, have you ever had any of your clients that have to be brought in in a cage? You know, here's the thing. I have had clients restrained before at counsel table. I have had clients, you know, sometimes like you see, you know, it's a big deal when your client has to be in shackles during their trial, so they do what they can to try and so the jury doesn't see that. You know, they put little drapes around the table and everything. Um, I've had clients who have had to have plenty of police protection around. I've never had one wheeled out in a cage. It sounds like a it sounds like a fun house, you know, or, or like a <laughs> carnival. 
The caged man. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd seen it on, on you know, the news clips, and then I saw this article, and he was in the cage, and as I read through the article, they don't really tell you anything about the cage, except for that he has to go to court <laughs> in his cages. Right. Oh, it's interesting. You know who doesn't have to sit in a cage, after all, it turns out, is uh, Robert Kraft. No. Uh, after, uh, no, he's just going to lay down. He's just going to lay down, yeah. No, after, after his little stint in the uh, massage parlor, uh, he's got diversion. He's got a bad back. He's, it's very sore. Very sore. Um, instead of the chiropractor, he thought an Asian massage was the more appropriate remedy. Uh, it turns out it was really a police sting operation, and he and many others apparently were involved down in Florida uh, in an illicit sex massage parlor s- scam. Uh, he has been granted diversion, as mm. it turns out. Paid five grand, I think. So... Uh, what is diversion? Diversion is like, uh, okay, how can, what's the best way to describe diversion? Uh, probation in advance. Yep, probation. And, and what they do in diversion, they teach you, and at least here we have a diversion for that too, and they teach you about STDs and human trafficking and et cetera, et cetera. It's called the John School. So this is not a, a normal at yeah, all. I no, mean, it's this happens normal. everywhere. And, and, and to be fair here, uh, he was not the only one gr- who was given diversion. I mean, th- there's all these guys that looks like he got it. Don't, no, he was 77 years old. That's older than I thought he was. But 77 years old, first-time offender. Uh, they had to concede that he was he would have been found guilty. He has to perform 100 hours of community service. I'd be curious to know what he oh. chooses to do. Um, he has to attend class on prostitution's dangers and how it perpetuates human trafficking. Uh, and he must also be tested for sexually transmitted diseases. And here's the court fee of 5000 uh, if he completes all that stuff, the case will, uh, the uh, misdemeanor soliciting case or soliciting prostitution case will be dropped. Uh, and off he goes back into his uh, happy world of NFL. Um, and here this story is quick to footnote for no reason that I can comprehend that Tiger Woods apparently entered a similar diversion program. Oh, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Uh, when he was charged with driving under the influence. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just like in the middle paragraph of this story, they're talking about Kraft, his attorney. Uh, what he could have faced, and then golfer <laughs> Tiger Woods entered into a similar diversion program. I don't think it would be similar. I think, <laughs> I, it is, I think it's a DUI program. <laughs> go, did and, he and, have and, to go to? I mean, are they, are we, <laughs> although I did take my three-day class whenever in 2001 I got, you know, DUI, and uh, they do go through sexually transmitted diseases, and they do go through all yeah, that in those yeah, classes they there. they do at the so driving intervention program, so, yeah. So they, they do go through that I mean, in there. It just says, if Kraft refuses, listen to this. So this is one paragraph. There's a paragraph that uh, talks about a bunch of stuff, and it sort of ends with, if Kraft refuses a deal, he would be put on trial, and if found guilty, face a possible year in jail, although that would be unlikely, he has pleaded not guilty. Uh, golfer Tiger, next paragraph, Golfer Tiger Woods entered into a similar diversion program in 2017 when he was charged in Palm Beach County with driving under the influence. Uh, he appeared in court to accept the deal. Now, Kraft's deal, new paragraph, Kraft's deal was offered or was reported by the Wall Street Journal, one of 300 men. I mean, the Tiger Woods thing is completely relevant to this story. It's totally yeah. relevant. Somebody doesn't like Tiger, I guess. No. Mm-hmm. You, know what, you know what else is going on, Bill? I think things are awry at the Circle K. Not That's the Circle right. K. Yes, the Circle Someone K, brother. The circle K. the Circle K. And if you're wanting to know, I've got about another excellent adventure for you. That's right. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. They will be recording number three. If Bill and Ted's first and second weren't enough, that's right. Keanu Reeves, they're coming back out. For a Bill and Ted, I didn't three. even know there was a number two. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, 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 <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, I remember the one. That's why those things were right at the Circle K. Yeah. And then I know there was a there was a number two, but I don't know what that one was about. I think that was crazy. Hmm. 
And uh, wasn't George Carlin in in, in that? George yeah, Carlin, boy, yeah. I'll tell you, that guy right there, yeah, he was straight like the, genius. Yeah, yeah, he was the he was uh, like, time master. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, he had God the, or the phone booth there. Yeah. Boom him out, boom him out there. Yeah. He was kind of like the the quantum leap. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah, Remember the TV quantum leap, Ziggy or whatever it was. The guy that Scott Bakula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that TV show. I mean, I was a young kid. That was there was always a mirror around when he first, you know, whatever. You could watch by a mirror, and he's really a woman. Or whoever, whatever character he was playing. Yeah. It's good I'm show. saying nothing about the transgender society with that bill. That's was, right. This was yes. a character in Quantum Leap. Come on. Yes. All right. Um, you know what's good for you, Bill? What? A handful of nuts. That's right. Could improve your brain function by 60%, studies say. And if you go through and eat a handful of nuts a day, it's uh, good for Alzheimer's, good for your mind, keep you sharp and going. And that's good because I love nuts. I've got them in my hands and my mouth every day, all day. Yeah, you got to be careful. There's some carbs in there. I know. That is, I, I, I read them. Cashews, which are my favorite, are the worst, followed by pistachios. Yeah. And I get the, the Costco. Sorry, Sam's Club. The Costco's got these mix of nuts, and they're awesome. They yeah. run, the flavors are really See, good. We're the official show and, of Sam's then, Club, unless not, does the beard is here. Uh, it's Costco. I know. He, he, I'm, I'm like, kind of, without the beard. Ah, I miss the beard. I know. These kids are sick. Kids are sick. Can't do anything about it. Well, no. Do. You give them some nuts. Yeah. You know what they need? CBD oil. Actually, I take that back. That's illegal <laughs> in Ohio. But apparently people are unless not using it. Unless you get from Amazon. Unless you get from Amazon or part of a multi-level marketing program. No, this is, uh, turns out people are starting to give CBD oil to their canines. Yeah. To treat various yeah. things. Um, I bring this up because I'm currently treating my canine my dog, with uh, for allergies. And I'm wondering if I can just give him some CBD oil. And I'm wondering further, if I buy it for my dog, is it equally unlawful? Bill? It's on the spot. I don't know. Do, do, I would say yes. I would say yes. Yes. Because you can't be like this, officer, yeah. that bag of weed yeah. Is for my chihuahua. <laughs> right, that's Possession right. with intent. It's not, it's not even to mine. Minister hey, to my dog. It's for my dog, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh, what was the one? There was like a Rastafarian dog there, little uh, Chihuahua or something. Yeah. The Rasta dog. Speaking of Rasta, I was in Jamaica. What an interesting culture. And and by the way, you can buy CBD marijuana. Mm-hmm. You can buy whatever the hell you want, whenever you want, anywhere you, you want, want. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you go? Did you see Bob Marley's birthplace? I did. Yeah, we saw Bob yeah. Marley's birthplace where they were happy to peddle all sorts of cannabis, Mary marijuana. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but 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 that's just their culture there, right? Uh, I mean, it's not like they're just peddling stuff. They want you to enjoy the it, whole. Yeah, for all this time, I do believe it still is. It's it's illegal. No, no, no. They have decriminalized. They decriminalized it, it now. because no. that always used to be the thing. Oh, if you go to Jamaica, everybody's smoking Jamaica weed. Jamaica, And uh, then you know it still was illegal. Yeah, so for a long I, time. Now I, the tour to the Bob Marley place was conducted by a Rastafarian priest. Hmm. Of 20-some years. And really fascinating guy. He had this very sort of uh, casual, uh, uh, interesting speech pattern. Like the stuff he said, he was very careful about it and very, he was sort of intellectual about it. But, uh, yeah, they they are vegan. I didn't know that. Hmm. Rastafarians. Uh, And a lot like Christian scientists, they do not get, they don't like medical treatment by doctors. They do have to go to the doc and they are prescribed pills uh, they cannot be in capsules. If they're in capsules, they take them home, dump them out because the capsules have gelatin or made with gelatin, which of course is an animal byproduct, Vegan. probably uh, pigs. 
Uh, and, you know, I didn't, here's something else I didn't know. Uh, Bob Marley died of cancer because of an yep. injury to his, his toe. To his toe, right. That he would not. Now, they have a philosophy in the Rastafarian culture. They will not uh, get amputations. They, after he injured his toe, they could have cut his toe off and treated that and probably prevented his death. This is what I'm told. Uh, but alas, it was against his Rastafarian religion. He did not get treatment. It developed into a cancer, which, uh, got into his bloodstream, into his brain. He died. Um, but no, they're very matter of fact about it and, and hmm. comfortable with that. It's a very spiritual, uh, religion and, um, the, the mar- marijuana is a big part of it, but hmm. not yeah. used at least not by the legitimate people, not used just to get high and party. Right. Just to, it's just what to, they do. Yeah, like the peyote. They, like peyote, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe more of a ritualistic type of use. But anyway, we have digressed. Well, that's news, though. But was were the weather nice? The whole thing good? Did uh, you go to the beach? Did you just stay at the hotel? Or at the, the, I mean, at the all-inclusive? I just, I just hung out getting as much weed as I could from the Rasta guy. <laughs> um, no, we, we stayed in all-inclusive. For your dog. For, for, all for the dog. For your dog. I extracted all the CBD out of it. Uh, no, what we stayed mostly at uh, at the resort. We did a lot of, of uh, external excursions. Uh, wonderful time. Went to the beach. Weather was great. I lo- I, Jamaica, I will go back. That is my take on that place. That's good news. I was curious about that. Anybody looking for a vacation, that is an awesome place to go. I, I saw no danger, at least not that surrounded me. Hmm. Um I have been to, you know, Mexico for those all-inclusives before. I like, I enjoyed this much more. So, so head to Jamaica. Head to Jamaica. Jamaica. And if you're uh, driving down the road and you see a police officer drive by and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to flip them the bird. Yeah, that that I probably wouldn't do down there. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that here. But evidently, if you would like to, they can't pull you over and arrest you for flipping them the bird. Yeah. Hmm. Some uh, case goes up there. It goes to your free freedom of speech. Yeah, you. Uh, we have the right, as it turns out, to flip off a cop um, and then run away. But people I, even use the freedom of speech all the time. They're wrong because you, you you do have freedom of speech, but you just can't put a march together and go down the streets unless you get the permits, unless you get things together and go uh, through yes. with it. Yes, so this yeah. is, uh, here's how this goes down. First of all, freedom of speech, and we may have had this discussion before. We're going to do it again. Freedom of speech is not Bill telling me I have to shut up. Freedom of speech right. is not your boss in your private restaurant where you work telling you you can't wear a shirt that says, screw you, Trump. Freedom of speech is not your private institution of higher learning, a private college, for instance, or a prep school telling you you aren't allowed to engage in certain speech. Freedom of speech, if there's going to be a violation under the First Amendment, it must be done uh, by a government actor. Uh, in other words, it's got to be a, um, say, a policeman mm-hmm. or policewoman. It's got to be a public. public official of some sort or a law that is passed that per- that precludes it. Or if you happen to be at a public school, like Tinker versus Des Moines Independent uh, School District, you do not check your First Amendment rights at the door mm-hmm. just by entering the school district. But uh, So that's the first thing. Secondly, there can be some restrictions on speech. This is the, what is it, uh, John Stewart Mill, or mm. Oliver Wendell Holmes. You can't uh, scream fire in a crowded theater. Holmes. Oliver Wendell Holmes, yeah. So you can't scream, John Stewart Mill, that's trees on that's government. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't, scream, you can't scream fire in a crowded theater, so your freedom of speech has some limits. And like you said, Jared, there are valid time, place, and manner restrictions on speech. 
In other words, I'm not allowed to go just march down High Street here right outside 511 uh, to make my point or, or protest a cause because I'm liable to disrupt all sorts of things, whether it be rush hour traffic or whatever. Um, and, you know, I remember as a kid, my, my dad taking me uh, to different things at the state house or whatever it would be. And they, like, or you see it now There's when there's a protest. And you may have had to do this with your ride for pride even. I don't know. Where you've got to go, or you just did it, you bootlegged it. You, the little smile said it all. <laughs> he bootlegged it. Parading had, without a permit. Parading without a permit. So you can't do that. Uh, but you have to have uh, you have to have a permit, and you have to uh, uh, do it at the times and place that the city deems it's appropriate because, obviously, you can't just go stop traffic during rush hour and expect that to be free speech. Um, on the other hand, Time, place, and manner restrictions are not valid if they are doled out or dispensed in a way that becomes discriminatory. Right. So if you are, say, well, I always flip it around. Say you're the KKK yep. and you want to go have a rally downtown Columbus, the city has to give you a permit under the same uh, criteria that it would give a contrary organization. So correct. You can't. It it can't be uh, doled out in a discriminating fashion. Then that becomes a First Amendment right. problem. Right. And they usually don't issue those on the same day. They would not want that done on the <laughs> same day, right? Although yeah. that probably has happened, and and you know people deal mm -hmm. with it. But no, that's the thing. And and what you don't want to do is the thing that's coming up now is they're sort of uh, pocket vetoing certain speech where they're where. I, you know, if a, a guest speaker is coming to a university or something and they don't like the guest speaker, what they're doing is, or what universities are uh, maybe doing, is saying the cost of security that will result from all this is way too expensive, so we just can't have it um, because it's just going to cause so much disruption that we're not going to grant the permit. And uh, that gets into that realm of an invalid time, place, and manner restriction. You have to give everybody the same fair shake. Right. So. Uh, either way, that little is history a, lesson, a little free speech lesson. Not that I am a constitutional scholar, but I think that is stuff that I happen to pick up in law school along the way. But anyway, well, that's the news here at Lawyer Talk. Extra, extra, extra. Do you got another one? You're looking no, down. No, I was just checking. He's got his notes. All right, it's not too late. It's going, going, going. Extra, extra. Hear all about it here at Lawyer Talk. Bringing you the news weekly. Took a week off. Yaman for Jamaica, but now we're back, and we will be back, given the opportunity, every single Friday. So you and the rest of the millions of the people uh, downloading weekly will not be deprived of this news source. So this is Lawyer Talk bringing you the news every Friday, off the record, on the air, at least until now.